Section 15 from Richard of Jamestown. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Richard of Jamestown, A Story of the Virginia Colony by James Otis. Section 15. A Plague of Rats. And now I am come to the spring of 1609 when befell us that disaster which marked the beginning of the time of suffering, of trouble, and of danger which was so near to wiping out the settlement of Jamestown that the people had already started on their way to England. The day had come when we should put into the ground our Indian corn that a harvest might follow. The supply, which was to be used as seed, had been stored in casks and piled up in the big house wherein we kept our goods. When those who had been chosen to do the planting went for the seed, it was found to have been destroyed by rats, and not only the corn, but many other things which were used in the storehouse had been eaten by the same animals. Master Hunt maintained, and Captain Smith was of the same opinion, that when the phoenix was unloaded, the rats came ashore from her, finding lodging in that building which represented the vital spot of our town. Howsoever the pest came there, certain it was we should reap no harvest that year, unless the savages became more friendly than they had lately shown themselves, and as to this we speedily learned. Treachery During Captain Smith's Absence When Captain Smith set off in the pinnace in order to buy what might serve as a seed, he found himself threatened by all the brown men living near about the shores of the bay, as if they had suddenly made up a plot to kill us and never one of them would speak him fairly. It was while my master was away that two Dutchmen, who came over in the Phoenix, and had gone with Captain Smith in the pinnace, returned to Jamestown, saying to Captain Wynn, who was in command at the fort, that Captain Smith had use for more weapons because of going into the country in the hope of finding Indians who would supply him with corn. Not doubting their story, the captain supplied them with what they demanded, and as was afterward learned, before leaving town that night, they stole many swords, pike-heads, shot in powder, all of which these Dutch thieves carried to Powhatan. If these two had been the only white men who did us wrong, then might our plight not have become so desperate. But many there were, upwards of sixteen, so Master Hunt declared, whom from day to day carried away secretly such weapons and tools, or powder and shot, as they should come upon, thereby trusting to the word of the savages that they might live with them in their village as always, without doing any manner of work. Others sold kettles, hoes, or even swords and guns, that they might buy fruit or corn or meat from the Indians without doing so much of labor as was necessary in order to gather these things for themselves. Captain Smith's Speech Jamestown was a scene of turmoil and confusion when Captain Smith came back from his journey, having on board only two baskets of corn for seed. After understanding what had been done by the idle ones during his absence, he called all the people together and said unto them, speaking earnestly as if pleading for his very life, Never did I believe white men, who were come together in a new world, and should stand shoulder to shoulder against all the enemies that surround them, could be so reckless and malicious. 
It is vain to hope for more help from Powhatan, and the time has come where I shall no longer bear with you in your idleness, but punish severely if you do not set about the work which must be done, without further plotting. You cannot deny but that I have risked my life many a time in order to save yours, when, if you had been allowed to go your own way, all would have starved. Now I swear solemnly that you shall not only gather for yourselves the fruits which the earth doth yield, but for those who are sick. Every one that gathers not each day as much as I do, shall on the next be set beyond the river, for ever banished from the fort, to live or starve as God wills. This caused the lazy ones to bestir themselves for the time, and perhaps all might have gone well with us had not the London Company sent out nine more vessels, in which were five hundred persons, to join us people in Jamestown. One of the ships, as we afterward learned, was wrecked in a hurricane. Seven arrived safely, and the ninth vessel we had not heard from. All these people had expected to find food in plenty, servants to wait upon them, and everything furnished to hand without being obliged to raise a finger in their own behalf. What was yet worse, they had among them many men who believed they were to be made officers of the government. THE NEW LAWS now you must understand that with the coming of this fleet, we of Jamestown were told that the London Company had changed all the laws for us in Virginia, and that Lord de la War, who sailed on the ship from which nothing had been heard, was to be our governor. From that hour did it seem as if all the men in Jamestown, save only half a dozen, among whom were Captain Smith, Master Hunt, and Master Percy, strove their best to wreck the settlement. Because Lord de la War, the new governor, had not arrived, many of the newcomers refused to obey my master, and they were so strong in numbers that it was not possible for him to force them to his will. Each man strove for himself, regardless of the sick or of the women and children. Some banded themselves together in companies, falling upon such Indian villages as they could easily overcome and murdered and robbed, until all the brown men of Virginia stood ready to shed the blood of every white man who crossed their path. Then came that which plunged Nathaniel and me into deepest grief. THE ACCIDENT Captain Smith had gone up the bay in the hope of soothing the trouble among the savages, and failing in this effort was returning, having got within four and twenty hours' journey of Jamestown, when the pinnace was anchored for the night. The boat's company lay down to sleep, and then came the accident, if accident it may be called, the cause of which no man has ever been able to explain to the satisfaction of Master Hunt or myself. Captain Smith was asleep, with his powder-bag by his side, when in some manner it was set on fire, and the powder, exploding, tore through the flesh from his body and thighs for the space of ten or nine inches square, even down to the bones. In his agony, and being thus horribly aroused from sleep, hardly knowing what he did, he plunged overboard as the quickest way to soothe the pain. There he was like to have drowned but for Samuel White, who came near to losing his own life in saving him. He was brought back to the town on the day before the ships of the fleet, which had brought so many quarrelsome people, were to sail for England. With no surgeon to dress his wounds, what could he do but depart in one of these ships with the poor hope of living in agony, until he arrived on the other side of the ocean? 
Nathaniel and I would have gone with him willing, because of his friendship for us, to have served him so long as we lived. He refused to listen to our prayers, insisting that we were lads well fitted to living in a new land like Virginia, and that if we would but remain with Master Hunt, working out our time of apprenticeship, which would be but five years longer, then might we find ourselves men of importance in the colony. He doubted not, so he said, but that we would continue after he had gone, as we had while he was with us. What could we lads do other than obey, when his commands were laid upon us, even though our hearts were so sore that it seemed as if it would no longer be possible to live when he had departed? Even amid his suffering, when one might well have believed that he could give no heed to anything save his own plight, he spoke to us of what we should do for the bettering of our own condition. He promised that as soon as he was come to London, and able to walk around, if so God permitted him to live, he would seek out Nathaniel's parents to tell them that the lad who had run away from his home was rapidly making a man of himself in Virginia, and would one day come back to gladden their hearts. End of section 15